Thank you very much for inviting me today, and uh, it's a great privilege for myself to be here to present uh, the Islamic perspective of the Sunnah uh, from Ahlul Sunnah. I've already heard about this um, gathering. I unfortunately couldn't make for it. Uh, this is a very great work. First of all, I would, I would like to appreciate the work is being done here in this institution. And there is an actual need of this work nowadays, especially when Muslim Ummah facing so many challenges. Uh, coming right to my uh, topic, first of all, what is Sunnah? The definition of Sunnah. When we talk about the definition, there are two ways of um, defining something. One is the different meaning, and the other is the metaphorical meaning. The sunnah, literal meaning is, it's, it is Arabic word, and the literal meaning is the apparent road or practice. So these are the different literal meaning of word sunnah. Metaphorical mean, meaning in hadith, terminology it denotes as follow, uh, Sheikh Abdul Haq, Dehlwi has said in his book, and uh, which is very clear and very brief. Whatever he has said from his tongue, he has acted in his life, which means that something has been performed in front of Nabi alayhi salatu waslam and he stayed quiet, he accepted, or he did not refuse, or did not stop. So all kinds are also part of that sunnah. Now, if you go a bit further to this definition, قول, for example, simply we can take an example, the إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ This is the hadith, from Nabi alayhi salatu waslam, that he has said, this is a qawl from him. And the second is the fi'l. Fi'l, he has prayed. <clears throat> this is a sunnah. That he has prayed himself, and uh, he the, and he said that, salluk ma ra'aytumuni usalli. You pray as you see me praying. So that is the practical way of sunnah, practical sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu waslam. The third branch is the, the something has, may have happened in front of Rasulullah uh, and he stayed quiet on that. So here is the great example we can take at the time of Ghazwa uh, bin Qurayla. As everybody, all the scholars know about that, that Nabi alayhi salatu waslam commanded his companions that you go and pray at certain place. But then on the way, there were two groups. One prayed there, the other group, they just reached there because Nabi alayhi salatu said that go there and then pray. And then when they reached and got together in front of the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, and then there, 
the matter has been presented to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. He heard and he stayed both are okay or stayed quiet. So that was the something had been happened and then he stayed quiet. That is the example of Tatrir. Similarly, if you go further to this uh, definition of Sunnah, then Imam Kasani rahimahullah has said that the, the meaning in Sunnah is the continuity and consistency that should be there. And looking at this particular issue, which may also fall in one of the following uh, slides, the Imam Malik rahimahullah, he says that Ta'amun Ahlul Madina, that is also Sunnah and Hujjah according to him. That the people are doing certain things they have received from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa and then they are doing and then the Tabi'een and then Tabi'een and so on. So many people. So when Nabi alayhi salam stayed and practiced his deen and then he says that Ta'amun Ahlul Madina is also Hujjah and Sunnah. Similarly, Imam Khitabi, he says that Sunnah, it can be both ways, praised and uh, positive way and negative way. From positive, he says that he also presented the example for, for, from Quran. He says that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sunnah it's about the prophets, it's a positive way, Sunnah, and also a negative way, La yu'minuna bihi, So this is negative way, he says that it can be positive, it can be negative. Then further, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, he also, for example, uh, to strengthen this viewpoint particularly, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam said, Man sanna sunnatan hasana, so that is also that both ways this word has been used. Now further to this, what is the legal position of Sunnah in Ahlus Sunnah? How do they look at it? And uh, how do they find? Now, legal position, if we uh, find from the Quran, it clearly says in Surah An-Nahl, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيَّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ The Ur-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, the reminder and the advice, the Quran, that you may explain clearly to men what is sent down to them and that they may give thought to that. That is the role of Nabi alayhi salatu to receive the revelation, that which he did, and to explain and put into practice by himself, because according to one of the narrations, that he was walking Quran. So put into practice for himself and to his companions as well. And then this verse clearly denotes the, the legal position of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam and also the authenticity of a sunnah that this is the second source after the Quran that should be followed and take as a legal position.
So that role has been assigned by Allah according to this verse, this verse to Nabi alayhi salatu And this is also clearly a, um, an answer, an answer to those who refuse the sunnah and uh, uh, the role of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Further, how this sunnah and how, uh, how uh, all these hadith and its branches has been collected and uh, gathered, there are two uh, important sources to receive the sunnah. Number one, from Ahlul Bayt, and uh, we will go a uh, little bit further, that who are the Ahlul Bayt and how they have been collected, how they have contributed to their, that. The second is the Sahaba So these two are the main sources to collect the Sunnah, uh, including Hadith, practice, what, what, what we have already said about that. Then, there are two also, we find um, in this collection, two type of Ruwat, the narrators. Number one, well-known personalities from Ahlul Bayt. For example, Sayyidina Abbas radiallahu ta'ala is the son of Sayyidina Abdullah. And uh, also in Ahlul Sunnah, all the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, they belong to the, to the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. So this is why we almost find from every wife of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, some of the narration or some more or less, but those are there. Also, a good amount of the narrations and hadith and sunnah we find from Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala who was one of the great companions uh, along with others. So a good number, a good amount of hadith has been also narrated by Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala Similarly, uh, Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussain, and many others uh, who belong to that family. Amongst the Sahaba, there is a large number. There is a large, num large number. For example, proportionate wise, from Ahlul Bayt, a good number from Ahlul Bayt, there is good amount of narrations in Sunni books we find. And again, Proportionate wise, uh, a large number from the Sahaba, we find a hadith from them as well. Now, the history of collection uh, to preserve the seerah and hadith. What is the history? The collection at the time of Rasulullah. Uh, Dr. Mahmoud Ahmed Ghazi who is one of the great scholars, has passed away uh, recently uh, of our time, he says in his book, Muhadrat uh, Hadith, he says that the number of uh, different small or large collection at the time of Rasulullah uh, from different companions, including uh, Sayyidina uh, Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-As, Sayyidina Ali, Sayyidina Saad ibn Ubadah, these are the main. He says the number reaches to about 48 at that time. So it means that in a good measured way, it has been collected at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. However, 
uh, a question also sometimes arise from different people and ask from different people who really uh, deny the hadith. They say that Rasulullah had in fact stopped. But that was at the very initial stage of the revelation of the Quran. So that do not mix two things. One sunnah and the second is the Quran. Of course, the Quran, the word of Allah, has priority over the sunnah. So, let not to mix two things up. But when it was quite certain, then according to the um, further narrations, he, alayhi salam, said, Uktubu minni. You can write down. And also giving permission to Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-As. He, he permitted him himself. So we find further narrations after that. So at, the, at, the, at that time, the collection had been made. And similarly, uh, efforts of Nabi alayhi salatu that he alayhi salatu had been assigned this role to teach and train his companions. And in fact, at that time, um, many other people, they may not have, have written these. But however, the more culture was to put into practice, that was, that was quite dominant to put everything into practice. And this is why we find from, the, uh, from, from amongst these Sahaba different narrations as well as different practices that somebody completed one certain surah in certain years. That was because they were putting into practice not just memorizing or writing down or compiling the things. So that was the uh, efforts and uh, hard work that Rasulullah was doing himself. Then again, efforts of Sahaba uh, to learn from Rasulullah they, they were quite stick with Rasulullah day and night, spending time to learn and to, to memorize, to put into practice. So they were doing all that. Then, of course, that was the time of Sahaba, as I, I have earlier said. The 48, small or large, compilation we find from different Sahaba, uh, Then further, at the time of Tabi'in, uh, a great work had been done at the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. He played a huge role. And when it might not be seen very important to write down at the time of Rasulullah when he was there and people were listening and receiving and putting into practice. But it was quite important after Rasulullah and to, to put into the books and compile it for the further generation and the nations. So at that time, Sayyidina Umar Ibn, uh, uh, Umar ibn uh, Abdul Aziz, he played a huge role. He then wrote when he, uh, he had been uh, a caliph, then he wrote to different people to collect the hadith <coughs> and the sunnah of Rasul and he requested, send, send them to me. That was a major time when great scholars, they really contributed to that area. And we find at that time, uh, Az-Zuhri, Sayyid ibn al-Busayyib, and similarly Al-Shahbi, Al-Hassan al-Basri, uh, Hammam ibn Mamba, Munabba, and Imam Baqir, and so on. There are so many others from Ahlul Bayt as well as uh, from amongst the Sahaba. 
now, introduction to literature. In a literature, of course, it covers many things. Lit literature itself means really everything. But when we find the uh, literature in the history, it comes with the Sira and history, and there are quite big names at that time they have really worked on. And uh, that was Ibn Qutayba, also Ibn Sa'd, and Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham, Al-Baladri, and Al-Tabri, etc. There are, there are many others as well. So they have written huge books to compile the Sira and the history. Some, you can, you can further uh, classify onto only history or only Sira. Some people have done uh, some work only, but this is quite a good mix of history and Sira. Then Tawatur, uh, this is another uh, part of the literature, of Islamic literature, an established collective practice. That is what Imam Malik rahimahullah says that this is the hujjah for me. Because he lived in Medina and he, he had seen the people of Medina. And he was amongst Tabin as well. So he, so he says that that is hujjah for me because the, the, those people who have received the, the practice of this deen, the collective practice of this deen from Rasulullah uh, and in fact, the continuity and the consi consistency of the of one particular action that makes hujja. So he says that tawatur is also according to him. Of course, tawatur is also part of the uh, literature. Also hadith, uh, hadith. Uh, there are there are quite large number of uh, books in this area. And then Athar, the practice and the speech of Sahaba and Ahlul Bayt. So there is there is another part of literature. Now uh, here you can see the list of the uh, the and the books. Um, almost these are ten or eleven, but there are some others as well. But these are the main and major ones. Right, okay, um, now we come to the conclusion, and uh, each uh, second source, Sunnah is the second source of our reception of the Holy Quran. This is quite clearly clear crystal in, in Ahlul Sunnah, this is the second source of reception. <coughs> and uh, also reception from Ahlul Bayt and Sahaba. So there is no as such allegation. Um, as I have earlier on said, that there is a very good amount of hadith and the narrators of from both sides, from Ahlul Bayt as well as from the uh, Sahaba. Uh, thirdly, it includes Qawr, Fa'l, and Taqreed of Rasulullah. Now, it's impossible to understand the Quran without Sunnah. So, this is clearly the verse we have previously recited and, and um, uh, seen that this is the clearly answer to those who refuse the sunnah and the role of Rasulullah uh, Finally, it has been collected well structured and well measured way as I have just said that at the time of Rasulullah uh, it was uh, about 48 and uh, at the time of Tabi'in it was about 250 
compilations with different tabi'in. That has also been mentioned by Dr. Mahmoud Ahmed Ghazi, that he says that at the time of tabi'in, uh, good compilation was about 250 at the time of tabi'in. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to understand the sunnah very well and act accordingly. Thank you very much for